Welcome to Network Marketing Breakthroughs Podcast with Rob Sperry, where you will hear stories and strategies to help increase sales in your business. Let's level up your network marketing business with your host, Rob Sperry. Welcome back to the podcast. We've got the best of the best always here as we're learning, right? The ability to learn how to learn is the greatest ability one can have. And one of the fascinating parts about this network marketing profession is how many different leaders there are, how many different companies there are. This is a $200 billion profession. I believe the DSA, Direct Selling Association, said it's about $200 billion. Well, that's the companies that report. There's a good amount of companies that do not report. So it's much bigger than that. And that's why I love this profession because I'm always meeting new leaders that kind of knew each other, but not really. Alan Blaine's one of those people that I was actually on his podcast recently, Life's Hard Succeed Anyway. You're going to want to go find his podcast, listen to our episode and many, many other episodes that will help you out. But Alan, let's have our audience get to know you real quick, my man. First off, life's good, right? Getting over a getting over a cold, getting over a, a deep cough that we were going to do our podcast last week. So he's got that deep, sexy, raspy voice. I don't know if it's real or not. I love how you hey hey how you have a positive spin on that Rob that deep sexy raspy voice I'll take it I'll take it yes happy to be here with you I'm pumped for our conversation Well tell me real quickly how long you've been in the network marketing profession I have been in the network marketing profession as a user of network marketing products specifically our companies for 23 years I have been building a, a network marketing business for 8 just over 8 Wow and how many countries is your business in? Uh, our company is in a little over 50 countries. And Nicole, my wife, Nicole and I's business is in, you know, I haven't checked in a couple of years. Last I checked, we were in between over 10, 11 or 12 countries. Yeah. So fun fact here for those that are listening that don't have big teams. If you have big teams, you understand this. If you don't, you will. But if you don't, you have big teams. Fun fact is it sounds really cool. Uh, when I tell people that I had my business in 40 plus countries, sounds really cool when Alan says he has his business in nine countries without asking him, I know the answer. Almost always, the vast majority is in one country, sometimes two or three, but almost always you have 80% at a minimum of your volume from one country. True or false, Alan? 100% <laughs> true. But it sounds good, right? It sounds good. And you know, I, I tell our team, hey, focus on where you're at. I mean, it sounds great to say we're international and you know, we've got thousands of team members all over the world, blah, blah, blah. But you're right. The fact of the matter is the one country where nobody really knows our com- our company's name, you know, 60 plus years later is the United States. And that is where the majority of our business is today. And uh, it's where our focus is here in North America. I love it. How long did it take you to become a six-figure annual earner? You know, I wish it had taken me longer. I hear so many other stories. I know we were just talking about John Melton here a minute ago, and you know, I know he's shared with me that it's taken year, seven years or something to hit a six-figure six income, I think he said. And I wish I had a story like that because I think it's more inspirational. I think it's more relatable, but mine's different. I, we hit a six-figure income doing this in 16 months. It's great. I mean, I you know what, though? I look at it and I, I think that's that's the case, but it's not the case. And the reason why I think it's both is because 
everyone needs different things to look at. Everyone needs to know what's possible, right? Chase the rabbit and know what's possible for going super fast to help dream big. And then also people need some some motivation during downtime so they don't think what's wrong with me. Um, I know for me, when I started in this profession it was 2008. And if someone would have told me it's going to take you eight years to make a six-figure income, I wouldn't even have tried. So for me, right. I looked at my mentor and I was like, how fast can I do this? And he said, you can do this in under a year. In fact, I think you can do it in six months. And he said, it will be the hardest thing you've ever done in your life. But that for me was what I needed running, you know, a tennis club, making six figures because I wanted to get out of that as soon as possible. And so, you know, I love it. I think our stories are our stories. Uh, I know for you, you're, you've got your podcast you've been working on. You've got your business you've been working on. I know you're incredible at doing uh, team retreats. You guys do two team retreats a year. Uh, you spread that out with your your convention that you have, which is per- which is perfect timing to keep people have something to look forward to. But I also know you're working on a book, and you know I look at that, and my first book took me almost eight years to write, and it's because of lots of reasons we won't even go into. But I know for you right now, you've been able to speed that up a little bit. What, what happened? Like, why did it take so long? And now all, and I know this relates to network marketing and success in general, uh, as we've talked a little bit about this, but what took so long and why has it been the process been sped up now? Great question. And and you're right, Rob, going back to your previous comment before I answer your question, if that's okay, had I believed that it was going to take me whatever, seven years to hit a six-figure income, it wouldn't have excited me. And I don't know if it would have got me out of my income, you know, my really got me off the fence from the the career I was in before I was bringing in a whole lot more than that. So it was like to think, why would I start something I couldn't, that didn't have some great upside. But I also feel like there's that other side of of the ditch, you know, there's a ditch on every side of the road, two extremes, if you will, to every question almost. And I see too often People, you know, well, and you, you know, the saying you can underestimate or overestimate what you can accomplish in weeks, months, or a year, and gravely underestimate what someone can accomplish with consistency. That's the key with consistency over three years or five years, or think about it, 10 years. But as far as the book goes, I had this concept for the book two years ago. So, or close to two years ago. So, I start on it and all on my own. To answer your question, it was I'll cut to the I'll cut to the chase. Here's the answer: getting help, getting hiring help, hiring coaching. So that's the answer to your question. I mean, I, I was just doing it on my own for the first year and a half, and I had said it was going to be available by summer of 2023. Well, yeah. here we are. Summer 2023 is upon us, and I had realized a couple of months ago. And I'd shifted that sale. It'll be done by the end of 2023. And now I'm questioning, you know, spring of 23. I'm going, is it even going to, is it even going to be done then? Who knows? So just hiring somebody that's been down that road, a coach, if you will, to help me get this thing across the finish line. And uh, now we're looking at uh, an August launch. So I'm super excited. Well, it's just crazy. We all need some sort of accountability. I mean, so many times I see people that think, well, I don't need it or I'll need it at this point. And you go look at the greatest athletes, the greatest musicians, every single one of them have coaches, even people that are the greatest of all time. Of course, there's no one that's better than they are, but they right. still have coaches, right? Why? Why did Michael Jordan hire a trainer? Um, he's Why is he listening to a coach when he was the greatest? Why was Tiger Woods always 
hiring like right a swing coach and and altering things because they're always looking to improve and there's different people have different strengths but we also need that accountability to push us to keep us going to make things happen the other thing i wanted to point out that i think is super interesting is you were a product user for about 23 plus years and after doing that for say 15 years of using the product you transition into building a business that right there without even doing a training on it success leaves clues some of your best business builders haven't even joined your business yet right they're using your products they may never join i understand some people some may join in a week or two weeks and some may be years so does that i mean just just talk a little bit more about that cuz i think that that's people have this gold mine right now that they're not they're not mining, right? They got this gold mine they can mine and they're just, they're not mining the gold mine. They're just kind of, oh, well, I don't see the gold yet right now. And they're quick to forget and not take care of a lot of their customers who also have great referrals. 100%. You're bringing out such a great point. And you know, I was just sharing with someone the other day that thought, they weren't really a salesperson. I mean, how many times have we heard that? You know, people yeah. we meet, I'm not really a salesperson. And I get to share with them, neither am I. I only talk about things I believe in. And what I've learned in this industry is only the people that talk about things they truly believe in, whether it's the income opportunity and or the product or service that we're marketing and sharing. If you don't truly believe in it, it's not going to be very, you're not going to be very effective. And if you do truly believe in it, then you're not going to feel like you're ever selling anything because you're going to always feel like you're offering something of greater value to the person in front of you. I say in front of you figuratively, it could be online, uh, than the benefit you may get out of it by them purchasing or enrolling. But you're 100% right. So, with that in mind, I do understand that some of my best reps, distributors, promoters, affiliates, whatever you want to call it. Some of my best are, and I, as I look at my organization, I say, who are my top leaders? They are, now there's their skill sets, obviously, but they are the ones that love my company, the culture of my company, the products of my company, the most. And, and so if I know that, then I know that th- this is a farm club. This is training ground. This is he- recruiting heaven here to all, you know, the, the, all of our customers, we can't overlook them. We cannot overlook them. I, I, I believe that with all my heart. I've just seen people that fell in love with the products. We're in a product company, based company in nutrition. And I see the people over and over again that fall in love with the products the most have the most success. It's just, it's just natural. I see people come just for the money and never really become a product of the product. Yeah. For whatever reason, they just don't have the success as others do. Yeah. It's, it's interesting because it's not to say you have to be converted first on the product, no. um, but if you are, then it takes away a lot of the limiting beliefs. Um, it creates a different level of confidence. So how would you, how, what are some suggestions or ideas of how one could transition properly a customer into a potential business builder? Because of course there are people that just won't ever, there are people that just Mm. aren't ready yet. And we also don't want to annoy people and make them feel like they have to do the business if they're loving the products. At the same time, I think a lot of people 
they don't even ask me because they're so scared of that. So how do you properly transition or some ideas that we could help properly transition or, or expose or invite customers um, to take a look at the business? Well, that's a great question. Just off the top of my head, three things come immediately to mind when you ask that. First is we're teaching and we're training our customers that could be, we don't know which ones will be, our potential, our future potential business partners, how complicated, how complex, or how simple or duplicable the business is, whether we realize it or whether we don't by our actions, you know, our walk. I love the saying, I don't know where I heard it, but our walk talks and our talk talks, but our talk talks louder than our walk talks. Mm -hmm. I said that backwards. Our walk talks louder than our talk talks Yes, because so people are watching and listening, but, but here's the thing is we might think we're recruiting a customer when in fact we're recruiting a a potential business partner. So I I think about that filter all the time. Is this going to seem like something they feel like they can potentially do? Because I never know who right coming through the gate as a customer is already thinking, maybe, just maybe if this works out for me, I might be interested in the business. So that was the first thing that came to mind. The second thing you mentioned, it's letting them know there is an in a financial solution involved. Some, I mean, I've talked to people in other companies and even within our own that were customers for months and sometimes years before they even realized there was a financial solution attached to this thing that they could step into. They just didn't know. So letting them know in the proper way, timing and all that, but letting them know that there is an opportunity. And third thing that came to mind was and I feel like it's it's a little bit of a, a cheat code that we have. And I know many other companies have it. So I know we're not alone, but we have a, a referral program where a customer refers three other customers and then they start getting their monthly products free in perpetuity. And so we heavily tap into that, teach that. And what I love about it, anyone that has some kind of referral program out there is if you use it properly, you're letting somebody test drive the business that would not, may not have the confidence to say it works. I can do it. I, you know, but they would say, well, I know three or more other people that, you know, I love and care about that. I like to live long and healthy lives with me. Sure. I'll share great information with them again in a duplicatable manner. And when they have success, they have nothing to lose. They're not making yeah. any money, you know, and they have nothing to lose. And then when they have success with that, it's like, huh, I just did it. I just did the business and I was successful. So it's a perfect segue to upgrade them, as we call it, into the business from that point. Yeah. And like you're saying there, even if your company doesn't do it, you can do your own variation of it, whether you're giving them free free products. um, And then you can say, hey, I'm more than happy to take the credit for this. Or what I could do is just put them on your team. Even if you're not doing this as a business or something, you just share with people that you feel like could be interested. Because a lot of times the word business can be overwhelming Right. Someone, they're thinking like they're attaching hours and commitment when in reality, all we want the, them to do is share. And so, like you said, we're showing them how to do it in a non-overwhelming way where it's like, well, look, that's all you do. You know, we got a system, right? Yeah, that's such a great point, Rob. Regardless of referral system, uh, yeah, referral customer referral system, everyone can ask for referrals. And so that is a wonderful, wonderful way to go about it. I love that you brought that up. 
That's and I, and I really think that's uh, one of the next big ways for this industry is getting referrals from customers. Obviously, you and many others are starting to do it, but I think that's like the next big thing is is the last five years, people started focusing more and more on taking care of customers. Now it's, you know, getting referrals because if people like things, they tell people about it anyways. Right. Right? All the time they refer people and tell people movies you know, restaurants, like recommendations, do this, do that, and then we'll get paid on it. So if you like it, you might as well get some sort of credit, whatever that may be. I know right now you're on a, a big, um, you've got different things that you're training on as always, different things come to mind. Uh, we always go through different spurts. Uh, one of those things that you've been a lot really big on recently, and I, I'm sure always, but a more of a focus and emphasis recently, is the importance of vision. And that that to me, in my next big solo book, that's not a book collab, that actually is probably the biggest section. And I firmly believe that if someone lacks motivation, what they really actually lack is vision. And that's where it all starts, right? Because you can't outdiscipline a bad vision. It doesn't, I joke around and say, you could say I have a vision, I'm, I'm an alcoholic and I'm not drinking alcohol anymore. And then you got alcohol next to your bed in your pantry and refrigerator and good luck with that, right? If the environment and it all starts from the vision and actually the vision's clear, everything else falls in place. That's what people don't realize. The discipline falls in place, the habits fall in place, the, you know, going through the struggles fall in place. So just tell me a little bit in your own words, like of the importance of vision, how it's helped you and how it's helped team members. And I'll finish with this thought before we listen to you is good leaders have vision. Great leaders give vision. So if you're a good leader, you're committed. I'm going to be here in two months, six months, a year, three, four, five years from now. That's great. Well, that's good. You want to be a great leader? How do you learn how to give the vision to other people? It's a much tougher thing to do. And it's okay if you can't yet. Your tools and systems and, and upline leaders to utilize. I had to for years and years and years as I was transitioning into casting that. So talk to us a little bit, Alan, about vision. So good. I love what you just shared there that good leaders give vision or have vision and great leaders give vision. I, I think you shared that on my podcast because I know I've heard you share it before here recently, but it's so good because, you know, first of all, the thing that comes to mind is you've got to have a vision to give it. You can't give what you don't have. You can't lead where you're not willing to go. So so first of all, step one is let's get a clear and compelling vision for our own life, which involves our business, obviously, before we can even think about being able to give it, share it, impart it into others. I remember Tony Ro- hearing Tony Robbins say, and I, and I think I'm going to get this close, his quote was something along these lines is that people are not lazy. And first, first of all, right there, I just thought, oh, first of all, I know he's wrong because I know plenty <laughs> of lazy people, right? And then as it went on, I realized, no, he's 100% right. People are not lazy. They just lack a clear enough or a compelling enough, he might've said, vision to move them to action. And I thought about that and, and, and I just it's so, you know, marinate on that for a little bit. I'm like, yeah, everybody has a vision. It's just, what is their vision? And the reason I'm so passionate about it is because I, as again, I believe everybody has a vision. It might just be to go to work and come home and eat, breathe, live, sleep, and die. You know, that's some people's vision, sadly. Um, For me, it was spending 30 years as a California highway patrol officer, retiring and fishing my life away, like really not impacting 
lives on the scale that I desire to now until I take my last breath. And then even then, I desire the use of my life to far outlive my life. Totally different visions. But there came a point in my time in my life, Rob, it, it wasn't that long ago. I'm 51 now. I was around 40, 41. And I came to a crossroads in my life after going through a lot of trials, a lot of challenges, a lot of adversity, losing siblings to, to, to uh, suicide, to you know, just a lot of things, a child with cancer and, and, and bad choices I made and DUI myself and, and, and having to go to rehab and just a lot of dark, dark season. Meanwhile, on the outside, I looked great. I was married to a beautiful lady, still am 30, almost one years later. Uh, we had six wonderful children, still do, and uh, and and was making a six, you know, I was running a $40 million a year company. I was, I was taking down seven figures. It looked great on the outside, but what people didn't know is all the pain and the turmoil that was going on the inside. And this was the couple years leading up to me jumping into our business, by the way. And so I was going through this deep, dark season. And part of the reason in, in hindsight now, reflecting on that, part of the reason I believe a lot of that stuff wasn't self-inflicted. I had no control over a lot of those things. But the one the things I did have control over, some of the reasons why I made poor choices was because of my lack of vision for my life. I lost track of where I was going because I never, it never really was about the money for me. I like money. I like making money, but money has never been a driver for me. It's why I was a police officer for five years. It just has not been my goal in life and still isn't. But now impact is and purpose is. And the reason why, you know, the saying goes something like you can tell the size of a person by the size of the challenges that get them down. That's my version of it anyway. Uh, or the size of the obstacles that you know get them down, and and what I've learned over the last ten years is that when I didn't have a clear vision for my life, these challenges, which were substantial challenges, beat me up, punched me in the face, knocked me down, threw me off course because I didn't really have a course. And, and now, since getting a clear and compelling vision and moving into this industry eight years ago my life has been forever changed. I know where I'm going. I know why I'm doing it. I know who I'm, who I'm wanting to impact and why and how. I know the who, the what, and the how. And, and so now, do we still have challenges? Yeah. Our oldest daughter's living on the streets of LA somewhere, strung out. I, I, we talked to her on the phone. There's nothing we can do about it. It's just where she wants to be right now. It's a super sad story. We have other challenges. Life is not without challenges, but it's my vision that keeps me and my wife and, and our family and our team on track. And so for me, I'm passionate about it because like you, I see plenty of people come into this industry and not have the success they desire and not stick around long enough to learn enough to, to, to gain the skills and the coaching and whatever it is they need to gain the mindsets to win and then therefore impact a bunch of other people's lives by their story and their work. And so I'm, I'm fired up to talk about vision. Anytime someone needs to have a little, a little uh, talk about it. Well, it's interesting how you talk about just your life's vision. And, you know, obviously based on what you were doing, it wasn't clear enough. People can say it's clear, but it's not. I mean, you know, it's your actions show us, they show us the reality. And so you look at how that was changed and then you started finding what you really were looking for. It's similar for me. I mean, I, I talk about, I think it was 2005 when I wrote out goals, goals to be retired, 
you know, by like 35. Now, I the definition of retirement to me means you don't have to work. It doesn't mean you don't work. Right. I wanted to coach my kids' high school tennis teams, which I do. I wanted to do, you know, seven family vacations, which I do a minimum of. Um, all these things, and I even have goals for his grandparents that I created even before I had four kids when I only had like one or two kids. And so, you know, it drove me, right? It drove me for what, well, this is what I want. How am I going to get it? So I started just searching everything that I possibly could. And then even inside my business, you know, I've had to to say, okay, you know, what does I really want? Because everyone gets stuck in more and it's always more money, more money. And eventually they realized that, yeah, but what does that represent? So you're not just chasing more money. For me, I want more family trips. I want more impact. I want to uh, impact with my community, right? Impact with the, doing the teenage youth mastermind sessions that I do. Um, all of these different things. And so I love that. And so for all of you, you know, don't don't freak out if if you don't have it clear, but start working on it on a daily basis, on a daily basis. Remind yourself of what it is when it gets clear and start trying to add to it and have the gratitude of, of what you want and what you're willing to do to get that. Well, Alan, where where's the best place people can find you on social media? Which platforms are you on? Which ones are you the most active on? How can they find you? Uh, two, I'm I'm on all the social, all the major, you know, social media platforms, TikTok, Twitter, all the things, but primarily uh, Instagram okay. and and Facebook. I would say are the two I'm the most active on and that I enjoy the most. I love it. And how can they find you on there? Just first and last name. Oh, yeah, on on Instagram, it's Alan, and I've got I'll spell it just because I've got a unique spelling to my name. It's A double L A N. A-N, right uh, there. Yeah, yeah. It's double L. You usually have one A, one A or one L. You have E N. But anyway, double L A N is Alan. Uh, B and then Blaine. B L A I N. So I had to throw my middle initial in there since uh, Alan Blaine was apparently taken. But Blaine is B L A I N with B as the middle initial. That's Instagram. On Facebook, it's just Alan Blaine. And then I've also got a website, Rob, allenblaine.com, which maybe is the simplest because all my socials are there as as well as a bunch of great free resources and all kinds of fun stuff there. Well, keep crushing your business. Keep crushing life, my man. Appreciate the example you, you set and all of the incredible insights. Thanks for having me on your podcast as well. And you'll have to keep us posted on when the book comes out. Absolutely. It's been a pleasure. appreciate you having, having me on here and uh, excited for everybody to get to hear your awesome interview, uh, episode 39 on my podcast, by the way, uh, whenever they get a chance to check it out too. Thanks, Rob. Sounds good. appreciate you, brother. Thanks so much for tuning in and listening to my podcast. If you're loving the podcast, make sure you go smash that subscribe button so you don't miss any of the latest and greatest podcasts. And as always, please go leave a five-star rating review. And then the last thing I always want to mention to all that listen to podcasts is if you go to www.robsperry.com, I have tons of free content there to help you out to build your network marketing business. 